G'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. You're here for episode 33 and if you're tuning in I want to say thank you very much. Today's guest is a very inspiring human being. This is a story that it's going to be a tearjerker, it's going to, um, it's going to get the emotions going but it's a story that deserves to be told because in life we all fight battles but this man is fighting a battle that most of us will, I guess, will never understand or never have to go through. Today's guest is Finne Kula. He's in the fight of his life after being diagnosed with sonic hedgehog medulloblastoma, which is an aggressive form of brain cancer. This diagnosis come just very, sort of very um, quickly after his start of preseason for the Cronulla Sharks. And at such a young age, it's a heartbreaking story and he's here to share today. So I want to say thank you so much, Finne. How are you, brother? You're good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Mate, it's, it's my pleasure. It, it, was, um, it was brought to my attention when I watched a Channel 9 interview about your story. And man, I sat there today and I watched it as well. And I just wanted to recap. And, and man, like honestly, so emotional. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that cries on, on a dog movie. Um, <laughs> but bro, like it's a personal story. Doesn't get me doesn't get me emotional much. But to, to listen to your story really hit me hard because you know, to see a young guy who is finally realizing the dreams that you had as a kid and to have that taken away from you and have a new fight in front of you, a fight greater than you'd ever find on the footy field. Um, it's pretty, pretty hard stuff. Yeah, man. No, so, thank you, though. No, not a problem at all, brother. Do you, do you mind setting the scene for us? Talk to us about your childhood and where it all began. Um, so I was born and raised in um, South Auckland, New Zealand. Um, until I was, I think, 13, that's when I moved here. Moved here to Australia to, you know, pursue my dream. And into New so, South Wales? Yeah. yeah, into New South Wales, Sydney. So, um, yeah, um, played uh, played um, footy in New Zealand, like, you know, under under 12s, under 13s, and um, got got scouted from one of the Cronulla Sharks um, um, scout officers. Yeah, um, I was playing. Yeah, I was I was playing footy there, and, and Bro, that's they, early. They, hey, like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they um they told me if I wanted to come come over to to Sydney and trial for the Harold Matthews. Yeah. So that was the yeah that was down the sixteenth and um yeah I came and had a trial but it was just a trial I didn't think any of it and like went back to New Zealand and yeah got the got the call and said that um that that they want me to come back over. Yeah, that's awesome. So, as, yeah, as a so, young kid, how exciting is that, right? Um, yeah, I was real excited um, moving to a different country. You know, I thought I'd be in New Zealand for the rest of my life. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah, moving to another country and like starting different school. And um, I thought it was like a good opportunity for, for me and my family. And especially like, um, like thanks to Cronulla for... Um, for paying for my for my school fees and that like that's one less weight that came off my parents' shoulders. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, it was just exciting. You look like you're pretty tight with your family. Hey, you look like you got a close. Yeah, family. no, um, man, family means everything to me, man. Um, without them, I wouldn't even be here. Like, especially my um, like I'm not just saying like um, my brother, sister, mom, and dad. I'm not talking about my my uncles, aunties, and that. Like, they always been the biggest support for me. Like number one support too, so, yeah. You know, you know, 
what made me really connect with you and your story, man, is I, I'm super close with my family too. And man, on a much lesser scale to you, as a kid, I, I lived for footy, man. I was, I loved footy. Yeah. I was, you know, when you're little and you've got like some talent, you can get yeah. around the footy fields, collect a couple tries and um, collect yeah. a couple of man of the matches. And, and I was sort of a good little footy player as a kid. Um, but I've got liver disease and cystic fibrosis. So liver yeah. disease took footy away from me. And mm-hmm. man, that broke my bloody heart. But that was at a young age. You know what I mean? So I wasn't at the yeah. stage that you were when you found out the news. But so you obviously, you progressed through the Sharks ranks at this point throughout yeah. your, your late teens. And what age was it where you got the call to come and start training with the NRL boys? Um, so I think it was eight, uh, 19. Yeah, so I just finished, I, I just finished issue ball. So that's under 18s. And then the, the following year, I got, um, you know, called up to come train pre-season with NRL. That's awesome. And that's, yeah. you know, that was alongside one of your friends, close fa- like friends from a young yeah. age was playing alongside you as well. Hey, Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up with Ronaldo in New Zealand and like, um, it was, it was really strange um, meeting him here in Australia too. Cause I didn't know that um, at the time he moved to Ipswich in Queensland, in Queensland. Okay. Yeah. So um, the thing is Cronulla has, I think uh, Cronulla has, um, uh, like a, um, I don't know what it's called, but I think like it's like a partnership with, yep. like it's a partnership with um, Ipswich um, High School or something. Ah, okay, and yep. that's the school that Ronaldo went to. And um, they do a camp every year, which has the Queensland um, players come down to, to New South Wales. Yep. And I, that's when I saw um, Ronaldo and I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, so I was like, wow, what are you doing? Oh, okay. no. Yeah, it was like, oh, I didn't even like, know you were in Australia. And like, yeah, it just carried on from there. That's awesome. And so you were, you know, so you've obviously made it into that, that training squad and you're training with the boys and it's headed yeah. into pre-season. Are we talking pre-season 2020 that this all happened? Um, so, yeah, 2020. The, like with the whole cancer thing or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so 2020, yeah. The, um, this year's pre-season. So talk to so, me, yeah. I, I heard you said you had some symptoms, you know, but only for a short period of time heading into the diagnosis. Yeah, so um, our last training session before Christmas break, um, I started to notice um, I was getting headaches. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm, like, I said on in an interview, like, I'm the type of person that, oh, it's a headache, I'll just take some, some Panadol or Nerofen, you know, yeah. and I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be all good. And like I just started to notice that like it was happening every day, and like um my girlfriend she's she's the type that's like oh like just go doctors let's go doctors and that and I was like oh I like I hate going doctors yeah, so I was like oh way. yeah so I was like oh okay I went doctors and then like um I was just telling them like what was going on and they were like oh okay then um maybe go hospital. And like, um, like, see, see what's like, see what's to go at the hospital. So I was like, okay, when my missus took me to the hospital, um, went there, and then I told them the symptoms and that like I've been getting headaches and like migraines and that, and they said, oh, um, we'll put you on the drip, see how you feel, and like, um, if you feel alright, maybe we could just send you home, and it's probably just bad, bad migraine. So I thought, okay, then um, they put me on the drip. I was feeling alright. They gave me some like, 
some like medication and that and then sent me home and um i was still getting the headaches after it but it was leading up to my birthday yeah so yeah after my 21st birthday the next day um was the day one of preseason like back again so yeah. the the day one i went into and i i wanted to get a second opinion so i asked the um you know the team doctor our team doctor and he was like um like you know how do you feel when the lights are shut off and then i go oh yeah i feel better like i feel like i have no headache and stuff so he was like oh okay um this doesn't um, sound right so I'll let you go. I'll I'll let you go from training and um just go back to Liverpool Hospital, and ask if you could get like an MRI scan or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's when it just kind of just went went there. Yeah. So how many days after that MRI do you sit down with the doctor and actually go over that that scan? So like, yeah. So I think it was uh, two days after, and that uh, and um, yeah, it was just um had my family so. My family and dad came down and like they they thought nothing of it. They they just didn't think that it was like um yeah, they thought that it wasn't gonna be anything big. But yeah, the when the doctor said his um diagnosis and what he thinks it is, um, yeah, it just kinda just took us all like by surprise. Yeah. I can imagine, brother. I can imagine. I can't and the thing is, it's it's so hard to be there with your family because I've been in those moments too. And when everyone yeah. realizes the weight of the situation and and what this actually means, is it hard to comprehend that and understand the severity of this at first, or is it is it I guess pretty common knowledge from the doctor's standpoint of of what this is and what this is going to mean for the next few years? Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like when they when you first said it at the start. Um, I was kind of like, oh man, like this means like um, you know, probably be in hospital more times than usual. But yeah, it was just a bit, it was a bit shocking for me. Like I had no emotions at the time. Probably wasn't until after when I was going through um, like everything, like my body and that was changing and stuff, and I, you know, I was tearing up in bed, hospital bed, and that like, oh, why does that have to be me and stuff? But yeah, you no. Know, yeah, but yeah, people just the support and that from everyone like made it much easier for me. That's but yeah, like yeah, just at the start, just yeah, I had no emotions at all. Like my family and that were crying on my bedside. Like my my girlfriend was crying too, and like just like I was just sitting there, just like oh, telling them, oh, it's all right, like it's all right, we can get through this, it's all right. But yeah, it's just you know, it was just hard for for everyone at the time. And you feel like you've got to be the strong one, right? Because you're the one that's fighting yeah. this. You feel like you've got to be strong for your family. And and that's, yeah. man, that's so incredibly difficult to do when the weight of everything is on your shoulders too. And one thing yeah. I'll say is, man, when I announced that you were coming on the podcast, the amount of support you have, I had yeah. people coming through left, right and centre um, that were stoked to hear that you were going to share your story because they obviously, they can see the type of human being you are and, and they're excited yeah. for you to have this platform to share. And Matt, I think that's that's firstly signs of a really good human. And yeah. I like to think that someone like yourself who has an amazing support network, it's because you're a good bloke and people yeah. want to get behind you. But it's also because of the, you know, the weight that this story holds. And t- so talk to me about, obviously you see those scans and you start to realize what this is and they explain to you that it's, you know, it's brain cancer, but yeah. How, when do you sort of find out, there's obviously that stage where you, you're trying to figure out whether it's malignant or benign, you know, like whether it's going to be aggressive or not. 
and yeah. how do you find that out? Um, uh, well, at the time I didn't, I didn't really know, but then um, they said that it was going to be really aggressive and that, and they had to put me straight away into radio, um, radio, um, radiation. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I at the time I thought you know I can get through this, like I'm strong and that, but going through radiation and that like really broke me down. Yeah. Like, yeah, because they were doing radiation behind my head and behind my neck, so where my throat is. Yeah. And um, during radiation, um, doing doing it behind my throat, it kind of took my ability to to speak properly. Okay. So um, so I was um going through a phase where just I couldn't talk to my my parents or couldn't talk to anyone, and I couldn't um swallow food in that, and I lost a lot of weight, and like um it was just hard like going through all of that like while my body and that's not used to. Yeah. Like yeah, just going through all this like um just this pain and that that I've never felt before and just like trying to just trying to get through it every day and like it was hard and you know my, my parents and that trying to force me to eat and I'm just pushing the food away. I can't eat and that it was just too slow and that like um doctors in there said that I, I need to I need to stop losing weight. Like it, it's unhealthy and that I need to eat. I was just trying like trying my best to like swallow food and I couldn't and like um yeah just spitting it out and stuff and just going through that um like radiation that just kind of just yeah just put me in like a different perspective of like oh what I gotta go through and how hard it's gonna be you're basically thrust straight into that radiation too aren't you like it's happening within a matter of days of diagnosis yeah yeah yeah, that's the hard yeah. thing. You don't, you don't even have time to mentally prepare for it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you would with a surgery or something mm. like, you know, other another body related injury. But so obviously you're going through all of this and the, it probably dawns on you pretty quickly that this means the end of your footy season, if not yeah. at least a couple seasons. And how hard is that after just realising your dream in these past few years to have footy taken away from you? Yeah, like... um. Like the dream was to play footy, like hundred percent for me, and like um, it was more like um trying to trying to be stable enough to support my family because that that that's part of the dream of of being a footy player is you want to be able to support your family and that and just like um, like for me um, just just when the doctor and dad said that because I was still getting the headaches, so they they said that they're gonna put a shunt from my brain to my stomach, which is gonna um which is gonna um help me with my headaches. But yeah. they're saying that um if we put us put this in you um we're gonna um that kind of means that you you're not allowed to play any contact sports. So you, you know, the footy dream might be like, yeah. you know, yeah, like out of reach in there and I was like, you know, at the time I was I was real sad about it, like, you know, oh, like seven years of dedicating myself to, to footy, like with everything. And then like just just hearing that um that's kind of it like that's it's gonna be over kind of it's heartbreaking but then um on the other hand I was just thinking about I need to get better for my family and for myself and like yeah yeah it just made it easier that's the thing isn't it you know footy's big but family's bigger and and that's yeah. the thing that that I guess I realized at an early stage in my life too the risk wasn't worth you know, not being able to spend time with my family or rupturing my liver or, you know, yeah. not getting the time with them. Cause that, that's the real stuff that matters in life. And, you know, I guess 
the hard thing is brother, this is the sort of, this is the sort of journey now that you have to, you have to face and you have to do it at such a young age. I feel young and I'm 24, like you're 21 brother. I mean, it takes so much resilience and grit to be able to face what you face every day. And firstly, I want to say, mate, I have so much respect for you. It's not even funny because, you know, growing up with my condition, I've been around a lot of other people who are sick too. And man, I had a couple of friends that I met when I was younger in hospital with, you know, going through different stages of cancer and different forms of cancer. And the one thing that always inspires me so much is that you can continue to get up with a smile on your face every day and just be a good human. And I think that takes so much positivity and it takes such great character. So, you know, I I congratulate you on that, man. No, thank you. Thank you. So, so talk to me about, you know, once radio finishes and and chemo starts, is that a big transition? Is it, is it quite a similar feeling or is it? Um, Yeah. So, um, but this time I kind of prepared for it. Um, what the doctors and 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 that were saying, um, they're saying that the first first um, first session of chemo is, is is gonna be the hardest for you, and I uh, and I was just preparing myself for it. So I was like, okay, yeah, the first session is gonna be hard. So um, yeah, I went through the first session and they're absolutely right. It was it was hard. Like man, my body and that was just I was like having like you know just. Just fevers and that I was, I was sick all week. I uh, couldn't well, couldn't walk and I couldn't stand up properly and that and just like man, just yeah, going through the first chemo cycle hard. But then after the first one, like second one and that, it just feels feels like not as worse as the first one. So yeah. yeah. And how how long does the cycle last? It's two. Is it two weeks? You said. Or so a- yeah. So it's 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 three days and then you have the weekend also. So my my chemo cycle was is um Tuesday Wednesday Thursday then I have the weekend long weekend off and then I come back on a Tuesday and that's okay. my last year and, and you and you're just sitting there for a couple of hours aren't you yeah so you're just sitting there for um four hours so you yeah. just sit there and there four hours and there and just yeah just wait for like the chemo and that's like cooking and stuff. It, it would yeah. probably be a bit different at the moment because of COVID, right? Where I guess, especially when you're on chemotherapy, your immune system's quite, quite low yeah. and, and not as strong as it should be. So I guess you wouldn't be around other patients as much. You'd be distanced out quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which it's, makes it yeah, hard to distance. Yeah. So have have you had the ability to? Has there been anyone that you've been able to look to for advice who's been through similar situations as you and? Hey, you know, you've been able to pull on that strength and their advice. Yeah, just um a few um few people like especially the nurses in there like when they come around and talk to you, and they're just um asking them what they've seen in the in the chemo ward, and like they're just saying you know it's hard but like we the nurses in there are always helpful and that and especially when you're talking to someone during chemo and that it just flies by, yeah. like you know you don't even think about it, and um yeah one of the um one of my mates um. Um, I didn't know this, but um, his his um, one of my mates' like friends from school was doing chemo at the same time as me. Oh wow! And we're the same age, yeah. So um, um, I saw him one one time at chemo, and I just sat a few like spaces away from him. But me and him were talking about like everything, like just the things that they were going through, and like um, like things that like we can't eat and can't eat and stuff, mm-hmm. like just yeah things going on with family and that. So yeah, it was like. 
it was it was good knowing that like um I had someone the the same age going through the same thing, like going through chemo and and that. Like that's, it was it was comforting in that. That's like anything in life, right? To have someone that you can draw on similar experiences with and someone that understands what you're going through is always yeah. a nice it's always a nice weight off your shoulders that you feel like you can share with them and they're gonna understand and have empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you have that man and and so obviously you've just finished round two of chemo and you know like you said yeah. you had a little bit of a bout of sickness at the end of last week but feeling yeah. better now? Yeah, no, feeling much better now. It's good to be back home, recover here at home. So yeah. So you're based in Sydney still? Yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Based that's Sydney. Awesome. And and what's the what's the future look like with with treatment coming up? Um probably the same thing uh, the doctors in that always say that um when you go through chemo there's a lucky chance you're gonna get sick again so like it, it like doesn't really bother me anymore at the moment so like just trying to get through everything day by day um you know try and do as much as i can to like um like I'll, I'll, me and my missus and i just take our dog out for a walk and that when we can you know just stuff what, like what that like, you have? um i have a ridgeback staffy yeah nice. so yeah it, it's a girl she turns one this month Oh, <laughs> young one. Yes, it's a, yeah, got, it's a I don't know one. if you can see, man. I got my little dog just lying on the lounge there having a snooze. I don't know if you can see him. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, little Jack yeah. Russell, but they're the best, aren't they? They under, man, yeah. it's like they understand when you're not well. Yeah. So, yeah, when I got um my dog, um, I was just starting preseason and I was well. And, like, you know, I was taking her out for walks every day and stuff when I had no training. And that two months that I was away from home and I was in hospital, um i think she knew that i was sick yeah because when i came back she was so excited to see me and that she was jumping around and stuff like she hasn't seen me in like a year or not they've got a sixth sense man they just they just know when you're not right hey but one thing that i find really curious and and a conversation i've had with a lot of people is when when you fight something like you are or when you have some sort of illness or um, some sort of hurdle to overcome in life. I feel like it changes your mentality and it changes who you are as a, as a person a little bit. And I don't mean in, in the simplest of ways. I mean, in the way that you look at life and your maturity at your age. And a lot of people ask me at 24 years old, you know, how I have the maturity I do and why I look at life the way that I do. And I guess it comes down to understanding how lucky we are and how precious time is. Yeah. How has the diagnosis of this in the last couple of months changed your perspective on life and, and how important it is to enjoy yourself? Yeah. Um, I, I said on the interview with Channel 9, like, um, so my, um, my little nephews and nieces, like yeah. that changed everything. When I got, um, when I got um, diagnosed with cancer, um, just like um, looking at my nephew and nieces and they see me in hospital and they're, like, it was hard because um I grew up um, like with my like you know younger teen years looking after them when they were little babies. Yeah, and it was just like you know just seeing them you know come into the hospital room and go oh hi uncle I hope you're feeling well like kind of just like you know changed my perspective that I wanted to fight and and get better and and, and like it matured me like a because man I, I'm just like every other twenty year old you know go out you know drinking with the boys and that yeah like you know like just having fun and stuff and like just with all of this going on uh, just kind of like you know i need to i need to get better and and like be there for for my 
you know, for my for my family and the, for everyone, especially my girlfriend and the, she's been a real helpful for everything. Like with changing everything too. Like um I've been with her for six years and and like from from when we first dated till now she's she's just been like the rock for me and like everything when my when my parents can't do it she does it and she just helps me along. And yeah, she seems too. like an amazing human. No, she is she definitely is like without her by my side I don't think I would get through my radiation and chemo, you know. Yeah. Like she kinda of pushes me, like pushes me saying, you know, oh, eat up and uh, come on, you, you need to build strength, you know, you need to you need to do all this, you need to be healthy and that. So yeah, she she just helps me a lot. How we we said it just before we touched on it, but how important is that support network of people around you? I know I say it all the time and I'm blessed to have I, I think I've got the most amazing family and mates in the world that just support me through all my little health obstacles and hurdles. And, you know, the couple of times that I've been in hospital the last few years to, you know what I mean? To sit up every night and eat my dinner and have, you know, family and friends surrounding me is the biggest blessing. And I heard the story on that channel nine interview where um, you and your partner were talking about five of the boys actually sleeping on the, on the floor in the waiting room at hospital to come and see you after a surgery and man, what good mates, hey? No, yeah. The the support by by everyone's just, it's just like amazing. Like even people that I don't even know, like um, getting messages in there on Instagram and Facebook and that from, from just people that see my story and that, and saying that they're with me a hundred percent all the way, like just makes me happy. Like that people, the, that backing like backing me up and that and like like all my friends family like they're always there every step of the way always checking up on me and then i'm just grateful grateful for everyone's support like 100 percent, man 100 percent. so how does this obviously at the moment you're in a position where i guess a lot of your focus and your full focus goes towards just getting better again but what do you do to keep yourself occupied now in, in your free time i know you said you enjoy walks with a dog and is there anything yeah. else you're turning your time to any new passions um not really just um like because like being in hospital that a lot like takes a real toll on me so every time that like the doctors in there say that if you can rest in there like rest so yeah. like uh, like it's it's, in, it's either me resting or my girlfriend that comes over and we take the dog out for a walk or i have family like um just my little nephews in there because they just live down the road from me so they come up and just spend some time playing playing around in that while I watch them. Like that that's about it. How old are they, brother? The nephews and nieces? Um, so the oldest is um her name's Olivia. So she's she's six, almost turning seven. And then the middle child is his name is Solomon. Um he's five. And then the youngest one is named David, and um he's two. Yeah, nice. The good good yeah. ages. Good ages. Yeah. And are they are they all from one sibling or multiple siblings? Yeah, no, nah, they're just from my brother. So my brother's yeah, got um got kids. And is it just you so, and your brother? No, so I have got an older sister. She's living in Brisbane at the moment. Okay, and and how important yeah. are they to you? Like obviously family um, is super important, but you you're pretty yeah. pretty close with them. No, nah, my siblings they do everything for me. Um, like even before I was sick and that they did everything for me. Um, they're always there's support and that always telling me you know the right from wrong 
you know, if I did something wrong, I would get the slap behind the head. Yeah. Like, yeah, just my siblings and that, they're basically, because um, there's, a, there's a big age gap between um, me and my brother and my sister. Yeah. So, like, they're basically parents for me growing up too. So, okay. like, yeah, they they did, like, everything and I'm grateful for them. Like, so did they move like, over with you guys to Australia? No. So, my brother moved over here first. Um, He came here to play rugby league first. So, um. Yeah, he he came and um I think he played for Parramatta on the twenties, okay. but that's the yeah that's um that's the furthest he kind of went and played, like played for Mounties and that like just yeah grades yeah. and that, and um yeah then my sister moved over when I moved over. Okay. So, yeah. Wait, what what position did your brother play? Um, he was the same as me, front row. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's the comparisons I can imagine. Yeah. And he that I little. Said that he was, yeah, I'll probably say that he'll probably he was probably a better player than me. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's just that's just you being humble, but brother, you seem like a humble guy. So, talk talk to me about about the good times, and obviously you're still connected with the boys, and I can imagine that you, you know, you rock up the training when you can and, and stay connected with that group. What are some of the great memories of footy and and your time with the Cronulla Sharks? Oh, um, man, there's there's been a lot, but probably just um. The um the, the two the two championships that I was part of with Cronulla Sharks Juniors coming up. So we won the Howard Matthews, so that was the under sixteens and then we won the under twenties. Oh awesome. So yeah, yeah, the JT Face that was probably like the highlight. Um just winning the competition in there, especially for Cronulla and that um that was probably the highlights of making friends along the way that I'm still friends with now. Like um one of one of my mates in that that I still talk to now, um, his name is Lockie Smith. But I don't know if you heard the story. Um, so Lockie in that um had a stroke on one of our games. So oh. yeah, um, yeah, he had a stroke one of the one of our games in that um when we were playing for representative, and um yeah um he's um he's recovered now, fully recovered, yeah. everything. He's yeah he's going to the gym and that uh, I've seen Snapchat of him and stuff. And like he's he's well right now too, which like you know bless bless him and that like everything that's going on with his life, but yeah, just like meeting friends in there and just like friends in that that I'm like that I know that will be friends for a lifetime. Yeah, of course. That and that's yeah. that's the, that's the beauty of footy, isn't it? And the the one thing I love, man, is you know especially especially that what round was it the beanie for brain cancer round from RQ's foundation? I think it was round four. Four. Just to yeah. see the way that, you know, at the end of the day, it's 16 teams that compete against each other each week. But to see the greater community of football come together in moments like that to support each other and to support those that are going through harder times, it's always really nice to see how well connected that community is. And a really special moment that I seen was your good mate Ronaldo um, throw your number on his back for that round. Yeah. You know, how was that to, to see him run out with that on his back? Oh, yeah, no, it was, man, it was, um, it was, it was good, man. It was emotional too. I yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was just like, um, like I was happy for him, like getting his charts, you know, wearing the number 10 and that on his back. And I was just, you know, it was just happy for him and his family. Yeah. How, he usually plays on the wing, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he plays on the wing. So um, when he put that number ten on, that was for the um the nines. 
Like, ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so you, sense. I was going to say, awesome. I've never seen a number 10 create a good finish on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So it's um, good to see him back on, um, back in the team and playing now. So, yeah. This, hey, they're starting to go all right, aren't they, the Sharkies? They're starting to get Yeah, man. Run. Yeah. Starting, starting to get some form in that. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see Sean Johnson playing really well and, and back yeah. his best and, and those boys coming together. And I hope they have a good season for you, man. So No, yeah. No, they will. I'm, I'm a Chook supporter, bro. So as long as they don't beat the Chooks. <laughs> oh, man. Talk, talk to me about what, what's, what's on the list of things that you want to do as, you, as you're getting better here. And, you know, the one thing, let, let me say, let's talk about the stats quickly. The stats are... The stats are sad. I don't like talking about stats a lot because I have similar, I guess you'd call them depressing stats um, yeah. with my condition, cystic fibrosis, but it's around a 35% survival rate. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And, and bro, I think, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think it comes down to character. It comes down to mindset and it comes down to that inner strength. And obviously there's all the other stuff that comes into the equation, but you strike me mm. as the type of character that will come out the other end of this and, and be well again. And man, I honestly hope you're such, you can see that you're such a decent human being and you deserve to come out the other end of this with, with a great bill of health and many, many years ahead of you. And, you know, I, I see similar statistics all the time with my condition, you know, low life expectancies and, and early death rates. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit more in control of mine, but how do you keep that level of positivity? It's just the family drive, isn't it? Um, not just the family drive, it's, it's everyone, man. Like the like I was saying before, the support. Like, you know, um me personally I don't I don't know about the percentages of that, about my um but my um, you know, cancer and that. But like just just like from everyone supporting that, the messages that I've had, like, you know like it's just from everyone and but that's pushing me along and that's making me think, oh, you know, I'm going to fight through this. Like getting messages in there, even from like kids, like primary school kids in there, like messaging me in there. And, you know, well, my girlfriend, she works at a, um, at a primary school doing um, before and um, before, before school care and after school care. Yeah. And um, a lot of um, her kids in that write me letters and then I stuck it up here on my wall. You know, and, yeah, that, that's one of the like motivations in that, like, you know, just every time I'm feeling like, you know, down and sick or something, or like, I feel like, oh, I can't get up. And then I just look up and then I see the letters in there. Like I get, I have letters in there from my little nieces and nephews and stuff. And like, it just pushes me, especially like, um, like the messages in that I have on my phone from like random people, like they like pushing me along too. And it's like, it's, it's, it's probably like my motivation right now. Like just seeing all of that and it's keeping me going. Don't kids have the best nature, man, and, and the most caring yeah. hearts? I had yeah. a message come through from a, a couple that I used to work with at, at my old real estate company. They've got, they've got two little kids who actually come through cancer themselves, these two young kids at the age of like, you know, baby through to like four years old. Both of them come mm-hmm. through cancer, incredibly strong young kids. And um, I was so I was in hospital during the week. I had some issues with my lungs, and I got a video from one of the little kids, Eli, and he sent me this video, and it was like from his mum's Instagram. And he was like, "Hey, yeah. Brad, I hope you get better. I love you." And I was <laughs> like, "Man, it just it just motivates you to get up and get moving again because these kids look up to you. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's a source of strength that they want to see. And it gives them a sense of hope too, that, you know, you can fight through these things and that all for all these scary conditions and, and issues in life, which we all face at some point, some of us sooner, sooner than others. Um, but it, it takes a level of strength to get through. So talk to me about future goals. When, when you're past all of this and, and this is just a distant memory, you know, what, what do you want out of the next 30, 40 years of life? Yeah. Um, I'm not real quite sure. Um, like, um, I'm, I'm the, dif- I'm, I'm probably like way different, like to what people in there, like they like to think about their future and stuff. But, um, like ever since this happened, I, I'm just thinking about day by day, like what's happening next week or yeah. But like, I, I do want to do something like, um, like kind of, um, what I was doing before, um, youth working, like, you know, work, work with the youth and that, like with younger, you know, younger kids or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, after probably just like, like I have the, all the time in my life. So if I can go back and study and stuff or, you know. What yeah. would you like to study? Is there anything in particular? Um, no, I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, like high school and that, I never liked, <laughs> never liked school and that growing up. So yeah. like, uh, like probably like youth working or something like that. That's all I'm going to study. Like, yeah. Man, to be honest, there's probably a real position for a guy like yourself to to do youth work with young kids who are going through similar to what you're going through now. You know, yeah. as, someone, as someone who can draw on their experiences and, and bring a level of positivity to their life, I think, you know, any young family would appreciate that, you know, a, a lot. Yeah. yeah, no, of course. Now, what we're going to do is we're actually going to put a link in the, the show description. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcast app or on YouTube, if you're watching this, we'll have a link in either of those descriptions um, to your GoFundMe page, which I'll actually get you to link me to the most recent one. Cause I know there's a more recent one that was set up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we want to make sure that we can support you in every way that we can brother. I think your story is, it's so impactful. It's so, you know, whilst most people can only ever imagine what you're going through, because most won't, um, I guess we all know a family member or a friend who has gone through some form of cancer and, and been in the fight of their life. Is there a message you have for anyone who's going through similar or, or just anyone in general about, about health and life that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, yeah, I think first of all, um, I'm really religious. So um, I'll put God first before anything else and um just if you think that you know times are tough and then and and you're gonna about to break down always always look out for a reaching hand and there's gonna be someone there that's that's that their hands out to to come and help you like you like that's that's one thing that i i kind of struggled with was asking people for help like you know just like more support definitely and yeah yeah that that's probably all i have to say Mate, you're an absolute inspiration. I'm going to be following you throughout your journey and making sure that I'm there if you ever need anyone to talk to or for any support. Um, I really want everyone to understand how impactful this story is. It's it's not often that someone gets tested as much as you've been tested, Finay, but just appreciate life, appreciate every day, appreciate the health that you have. Health is literally the biggest blessing in the world. If you are healthy, you have the greatest wealth that you can ever acquire. 
and go out and live life for you. Be happy. Um, take care of yourself and, and love the people around you. Brother, we're with you every step of the way. If you ever need anything, you are more than welcome to ever reach out. And we hope that we can come back to you in the near future and, and talk about how you're very well and recovered because I know that you've got the strength to get through it. No, thank you. I appreciate thank you very much for having me. Now stay on, brother, because we'll have a chat after this. But for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning into the Bradley J Driver experience. Um, a very touching story, and I hope you've enjoyed listening and can show some support. Thank you.